Welcome into the Balanced Working Moms podcast. This is Rena Misha, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're a busy mom like me who's juggling all the things, you're absolutely in the right place. In this podcast, you're going to learn secrets on how to live your life so you feel so much more balanced. Welcome into our episode today. You are going to laugh so hard, so hard, because I plan to record my episode today and it's a whole thing. You got to set up your mic. You got to set everything up. It's, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. You got to set up your pop filter. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's this little gizmo that keeps your P's when you say a word with the letter P from just blowing up pop, pop, pop when you say that. <laughs> There's all kinds of things you have to set up when you do a podcast. So I get everything all set up perfectly. I'm ready to record. And then you know what happened? This big truck comes through. This humongous truck. I can't even tell you how big it is. And what they're doing is they're pressure washing the building that I'm in. (laughs) The building that I'm in. Of all places, they could be pressure washing right here. Do you know how loud pressure washing sounds? I thought I was going to lose my mind. I hope the people who were doing it have really good ear protection. It was bad. It was bad. So I rolled with it. I took my stuff. I went to work somewhere else. And now here I am the next day and I am recording the episode. Okay. That's how life is. You plan to do something. You even set yourself up. And then, you know, what do they say? Man plans and God laughs. I said that wrong, but (laughs) something like that. That's how it is. And being flexible is so important. So important because I don't want to be in a bad mood all day because they're pressure washing this building. Don't want that. So let's talk about a fun topic today. And we're going to continue from last week. We are going to talk about friendships. Friendships. Friendships are so, so important. Did you know this when I looked it up? Research shows that friendships are as important as diet and exercise. That's how important friendships are. Scary. But the studies that I found They showed that people who have close friendships, they have lower blood pressure, lower BMI, less inflammation, a reduced risk of diabetes. I mean, this is wild. I'm going to link to it because you're not going to believe me. (laughs) You're not going to believe me. You're going to tell me I'm nuts. But I didn't make this up. I saw it. I saw it in the research. And by the way, The research was not talking about acquaintances, you know, people you don't know that well. They mean a few close friends, people you feel really close to. And the research says that three to five people is the sweet spot. Three to five people. And that's not to say that having friends who aren't close aren't valuable. You know, from the last episode, even standing online at the grocery store so good. 
so good to have these small interactions, it can make your day, let alone something even bigger than that. I am of the belief that you actually can't have too many friends. And I'll tell you why I believe that. Because you know how your parents tell you something again and again and again? Well, one thing that my mother used to always tell me is she always says this. She says, it's better to have a thousand friends than one enemy. I'll say that again. It's better to have a thousand friends than one enemy. I could say that in my sleep. She said it so much to me. And when I asked her the source, she said it was biblical. I tried looking it up for this episode and I couldn't find the reference. But no matter where it comes from, I believe in this quote. Because it's so important to be kind to everybody around us, even Even people who show us negativity, meanness, if I can, I always try to find a spark of goodness in these people. Find a spark and reflect it back on them because I would rather have them as a friend than as an enemy, if at all possible. But that's another episode. I'm getting distracted. Today, let's focus on how to create more close friendships. Now, if you haven't heard our last episode, you can go back. You do not need to stop this one. It's fine to listen to this one first. But if you haven't heard it already, what we spoke about was how to find people to become friends with. Maybe not so easy in this day and age. So it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge, especially as working moms, because we don't have so much spare time. We don't have time to be finding friends and doing all that. Because once we find a friend, we then have to nurture them. We have to turn the relationship into a close relationship. And that takes time. And that is a challenge. It can be done. You're going to see in this episode. I'm going to share ways it can be done, but it is a challenge and it takes a lot of foresight and thinking about it. And before we dive in, before we explore how, I want to share a resource. I'll link to it in the description. And I learned a lot from this book. It's called Friendships Don't Just Happen. It's by Shasta Nelson. She's considered an expert on the topic of friendships. I think she has several books, but this is one that I actually bought, which is a big deal. I don't usually buy books. I don't like clutter. When I was growing up, my dad, well, he still does. He buys books all the time. They were all over the house. So I love to read, but I don't usually buy a book. I like to get it from a borrowed source so I can give it back. (laughs) But this book I actually bought, and I remember reading the paragraph that I'm about to read to you, and it changed the whole way that I thought about friendships and that I saw friendships. Because throughout my whole life, I've had close friends. I'm sure you've done the same. I have close friends, and then time goes by, 
and I lose contact with the people. I don't see them, but I think of them very fondly. And I think of them often as a close friend. I'll give you an example. I had a wonderful roommate when I was in my 20s. Oh, I love her so much. But I don't see her anymore now. I don't see her, but I still think of her as a close friend. Do you have relationships like that where you're so fond of somebody? You know, I spent so much time with her. We live together and she's such a beautiful person and I feel close to her, but I haven't talked to her in probably at least five years. When I do talk to her, it feels like no time has passed. Her mother was sick and her mother lived very close to where I work. And even though I hadn't seen my friend or her mother in many years, I would go up. I would go up at lunch and I'd meet everybody. And we had a really good time getting emotional thinking about it. It was like no time had passed. But here is the mistake I was making. Here's the mistake. Because friendships really do need to be nurtured. And here's what I read. Here's what Shasta wrote. She said, the strength of our friendship isn't dependent on how much we like each other, but more on how much time we spend together, developing our friendship in broader and deeper ways. So what she was saying, and I'll give you this as an example, is even though I really, really like my former roommate, it's been a lot of years and I don't know who she is now. You know, I don't know. She has changed actually in beautiful ways because I'm friends with her on Facebook. So I see the beautiful things she's doing. But if I wanted to consider her part of my three to five close friends, I would have to reach out and reconnect to her. You see what I'm saying? We'd have to get together. We'd have to talk, connect, maybe do fun things like we used to. This is sad, but the fact is that since we haven't seen each other in years, it does mean that she's no longer a close friend. She's no longer a close friend. Now, this is a bit of an extreme example, and I just wanted to show it to you, but I'll give you another example. So I had a friend, very sweet person. Again, you would love her. And we went out to dinner about once a month, and it was great. We had this great schedule. We stuck to it. But of course, then life happens and we change the schedule. And we started getting together maybe every two months and then maybe every three months. And by now, I think I've seen her once in the last three years. Very sad. Very sad. Conversation was always easy. You know, when I saw her, it was actually a couple months ago. Hadn't seen her for years. And then I saw her a few months ago. Conversation was easy. You know, it felt like I hadn't seen her in a week, not three years. And I love her. She's a friend. But do you see the picture I'm painting? She can't be a close friend if I only see her once every three years. You know, that's what I learned from the book. You need to interact frequently. It's not just quality. It's also quantity. And before Shasta's book, I never knew that. I didn't know that. 
to tell you the truth, I thought adult friendships are just different. And I really thought these women were my close friends. And the truth is, I don't think I was being honest with myself. And it's a little hard for me to tell you this because now that I'm saying it out loud, it seems so obvious. But if I didn't know this, maybe you didn't know this either. Maybe you didn't know because it's consistency and interactions that build friendships. So eye-opening, and once I say it, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? So now that leaves us with a dilemma. It's not good news what I'm saying, not good news, because given that in order to have close friendships, we actually have to interact with the other person, (laughs) imagine such a thing, how can we do this when we're so busy? When we're so busy, I'm going to tell you, I remember years ago, I used to teach art and I was teaching an art class and one of the ladies in the class wanted to be friends with me and I didn't feel a connection to her. I didn't feel like an instant bond and to tell you the truth, I felt like she wanted something from me. She worked in computers and I felt like she really wanted maybe a network, maybe a connection, a job. I don't know but she asked me if we could get together for coffee. And this was years ago. It was before I knew that when somebody asks you for coffee, like I didn't know what that meant. So I said, sure. And to tell you the truth, I hoped that she would forget. (laughs) Yeah, sure, I'll go with you. And that would be it. But she did not forget. And she kept emailing me potential dates, potential locations, all this stuff. And every location was horrible. Every date didn't work for me. And I was getting really stressed out about it. At the time, my kids were young and I didn't have two hours to go to some downtown area and meet with somebody I didn't know, didn't really want to be friends with. It felt very heavy. So I didn't want to be nasty about it. So finally, I said to her, can we just talk on the phone? Can we just talk on the phone? And I was so thankful I did that because it was such a simple solution. And we chatted on the phone. Maybe it was about half hour. And my intuition was right. She didn't want to be friends with me. She was looking to network. She wanted a job. And imagine if I had done that sacrifice of leaving my kids, going downtown, finding a parking spot, all the things. My point is that, yeah, it sounds fun to do this. Sounds fun in theory. But who has that time? Who has that time? So what I would love for you is as you think of ways to meet somebody, Think of an easy way. Think of an easy way. Think about how we made it so simple from going to a coffee shop in an area that was just very inconvenient to me instead to just a phone call, just a phone call. And it really can be that simple. It really can be that simple. And by the way, make sure you really want to invest the time. I told you in the last episode not to make instant decisions. But if your gut is telling you that somebody just wants to use you, listen to that, okay? (laughs) 
listen to that. So let me tell you what I do now to keep it very, very simple. And thank God for Zoom because I use Zoom a lot. I use Zoom a lot to meet my friends. I'll give you an example. Two very close friends of mine live in Virginia. I'm in Maryland. And if we had to wait to get together in person, it would never happen. It would be like me and my roommate. It would be years that went by and I would never see them because I'm not driving to Virginia. I'm telling you, if you live in this area and you know the 495 Beltway, it is not happening even to meet these beautiful people. So there are ways to make it simple, to be sensitive to other people's schedule, to their routines, to find a creative way. One thing that I love to do, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, is I love to go on walks. I love to go on walks with friends because it's so simple. You know, you need to walk anyway. It's good for you. It also takes the awkwardness out of things because there's stuff to see, there's stuff to talk about. So if you find somebody that you think, oh, this person may be a good friend for me, instead of asking them to coffee or something that would make a big deal, you know, asking them to your house for dinner or whatever a big deal is for you, just go on a walk together. Go on a walk, maybe on a weekend You know, you don't have to scare them off. You don't have to make it a regular thing. You know, let's walk every day. I have had people who've done that to me. (laughs) And it can be a little scary to make a commitment to walk. You know, sometimes people will say to you, can we walk every day? No, (laughs) no. But you can do a one-time thing where you walk with somebody. If you have kids, it's so easy to go to a park if you live close together. Let the kids play while you watch them on a bench. So simple. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Keep it simple. Dip your toe in without making this huge time commitment. Very non-threatening also. It's a good way to ease you in, especially because I know a lot of people are nervous to do this. Another thing you can do, I love this way of doing it, is to help the other person. What can you do to help them? This is very easy to do if the person you want to be friends with just had a baby. You know, you can drop off a meal, you can do something helpful to them. But whatever it is, don't give too much. I don't want you exhausting yourself and feeling like you have to overgive but it could be a fun way to get your foot in the door as long as you're not using it in place of making regular friendships, making regular meeting times. Okay, so now we're gonna go there. We are gonna go there. I bet you thought we weren't gonna talk about it in this episode, but we talk about everything. So let's talk worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, What happens if you put yourself out there and you get rejected? Ooh, that is not easy. That is not easy. And I'll tell you right now that this has actually happened to me and I'm still here. I'm still here to tell you about it. I'm okay. I'm recovered. It's fine. (laughs) It happens. 
And I'm going to tell you the story and I'll tell you the truth. I still don't understand it. I don't understand what happened. But somebody I know and somebody I like invited me to dinner with her. It was very last minute. I think she only told me maybe an hour or two before dinner. I guess somebody else must have canceled on her. Unfortunately, I could not go out to dinner with her. My husband was going out that night, I still remember, and I had to watch the kids. And with that little notice, there was no way. There was no way. So a month or two later, I texted her and I asked her, do you want to go out to dinner sometime? And there was no response. I did not hear from her. And I know that sometimes people don't always get texts or maybe they open it at a bad time and they forget. No problem. So about a few weeks, maybe a month later, I sent her an email and I asked her, do you want to go out to dinner? Again, no response. So at this point, I didn't know what to do. So I asked my wise husband and he told me, let it go. He said, let it go. She probably got at least one of these messages. She, for whatever reason, does not want to be friends with you. But now you know one of the rules I live by that I heard my mother beat into me again and again and again, which is it's better to have a thousand friends than one enemy. So I didn't make her out to be an enemy and she doesn't live far away from me. You know, I see her walking by and when I see her, I say hi to her with no ill feelings. You know, I don't wish anything bad on her. I am confused. To this day, I'm confused because she invited me first, but when I reached out, she didn't want to go out. I don't understand. So I was rejected and it's okay. For all I know, she's embarrassed by the whole thing. Maybe she didn't get back to me and too much time passed and she was so embarrassed. I don't know. I don't know. But my point is to show you this has happened to me. It may happen to you and it's okay. It's okay. You get so much more benefit if you reach out and something good comes back and maybe making that friendship than the slight possibility that somebody won't want to because it's very rare and I do extend myself a lot, whether it's at the grocery store, at synagogue, wherever it is. And it's very rare for me to get rejected. It can happen, but it's very rare. So I encourage you, reach out to people, find the easiest, simplest way to connect. You can start with texts, casual get-togethers, maybe ones that don't involve driving downtown. Whatever it is, just dip your toe in. Dip your toe in and see how it goes. And once things go well, then you can make other plans. Then you can slowly increase the interactions. Like I said, don't start right off the bat and say, let's walk every day (laughs) forever and ever. Amen. Start slowly. If things go well, then you can increase. How is this sounding to you? Is this sounding doable? Not such a huge big deal? Not something that feels impossible? I really hope it sounds simple and doable because 
Anytime we do something really big that feels impossible, it never gets done. Usually, I shouldn't say never, but it doesn't usually happen. And that's the same with friendships. Don't make it into a whole big deal. And oftentimes, the way somebody becomes a close friend with somebody isn't from one big interaction. It's often these small little interactions that you do consistently, consistently. I wish you so much luck with this because friendships are so important, but it can also feel really challenging to create new ones or make other ones more deeper. But it also takes intention. So decide you want to do this. Decide if you want to do this and send out these little feelers, you know, little texts, whatever it is, and see how it goes. And since we're talking already about friendships, I'm going to ask you, I would love for you to please send this podcast to at least one of your friends. I don't do any advertising on the podcast, and I love it when you send it to your friend and that helps grow it. That helps grow it. So that is one thing I'd love to ask for you to do. And hopefully when you do that, it'll actually bring the two of you closer because you'll have yet something else in common. I know a lot of friends who both listen to the podcast. And then again, they have this common language, common things they talk about, which is fun, which is fun. So send it to your friend and thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, for being a friend to me. And I hope this podcast really inspired you. Such an important concept. Like we started out saying, having friends literally makes you healthier. It's so important, yet it's one of the first things we drop as soon as we get busy. So thank you for listening. I wish you so many close, wonderful friendships, and I'll talk to you next time.